Okay. Uh, Zevon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. So here we are. We are back. Who are we? We are Famous Last Words. What are we? A podcast. I'm guessing you probably knew at least part of that because here you are. You're listening to us. Uh, my name is Andrew Alden, and you are? I'm Teresa Alden. And we are related through blood. No, nope, through marriage. Nope. <laughs> nope. Back nope, it up. Nope, back nope, it up. Nope. Through back marriage. Up. We're married. We're a married, married couple. Married. And we make yep. films together. Yes. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're having a... If you think I sound funny, it's probably because I'm in Cincinnati, the deep south of Ohio. <laughs> the deep south of Ohio. <laughs> I'm staying in a nice area of Cincinnati. It's called the Over the Rhine uh, area, mm. which, if you're curious, I know you were. During the late 1800s and early 1900s, this, this area was home to Cincinnati's European and German immigrant population. And today, the Over the Rhine area is undergoing massive revitalization. Trendy boutiques, eclectic shops, and hip new spots are making the OTR, that's Over the Rhine for those of you that care, <laughs> An undeniably hot spot. Ooh, um, you're in a hot spot right now. That's nice. I, I am. And also worth a visit is the Finlay Market. As the oldest operating public market in the United States, Finlay offers over two dozen indoor merchants with farm fresh pro- products. Products? Produce? Products. Just a quick half mile down Race Street from Finlay Market is Washington Park, an epicenter of activity, an epicenter for activity and revitalization. Is there, there a, is there a pamphlet in your hotel that you're reading from? Uh, no, I just made that up. <laughs> well, what are we going to talk about today, Andrew? Oh, today we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, wife, not blood-related, Teresa. <laughs> today we are going to talk about a little-known show. I, I think we like to we like to recommend things that maybe are a little off the beaten path, a little unknown. And today we're going to talk about a TV show. What TV show are we talking about, Teresa? A little something called Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld. And this is kind of a, a new... We're testing out this new kind of episode on Famous Last Words where we, re, where we have rewatched something from our past uh, and... You know, just talk about it maybe in a slightly more informal way. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it'd, it'd be wrong not to play the music, right? We should definitely play the music. Wow. Doesn't that just bring back memories? <laughs> so many memories. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been revitalized in such a way. Um, did you see this Netflix trailer that they used to like promote the show, like the hottest new show thing? Yes, and, I like, did. They like. Also, it's funny to that they, they decided to to clarify uh, Elaine as the cynic because I feel like they're all pretty cynical. Oh yeah, when they call George, they called George. Uh, I I forgot what they called George. Um, it was something weird too, but. Um, but anyway, go check out that trailer if you if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, they really leaned into this. They really thought they were doing something really clever here with this Netflix trailer, which I'm currently watching. 
without the sound on. Um, but they thought they were doing something really clever. So we did it. We watched all 170 some odd episodes of this of this show. We did, which both of us had grown up with Seinfeld in our lives. And I'm guessing you had seen like maybe a little bit more than I had. Um, I maybe. feel like mine was pretty casual, like walking in the room and watching an episode or two here and there. Yeah, it was on pretty consistently at, on reruns in our household. So mm-hmm. in the evening, there's a lot of Seinfeld. Um, it's It holds up, question mark? I think it does. There's a lot of like social things that are deemed very inappropriate now, even for a comedy, that maybe don't hold up. Um, and they're a little bit cringy. Uh, lots of, you know slight racism and misogyny and other things that you have to be a little bit careful with even when you're joking yeah there's a um there's a few episodes where we're kind of both like don't go there mm-hmm. don't go there don't go there the episode where elaine thinks she's dating a black guy is particularly maybe the worst episode of them all yeah that in terms of hard. that yeah i gotta say like it's kind of like the overhyped movie that just came out uh, because there's a lot of things that you remember as being so funny. It was such a cultural phenomenon when it came out that like, you know, people would stand around the water cooler the next morning at work and talk about, Oh, do you see what Kramer and did? And do you see that George and Jerry, you know, there's certain things like it's almost like the legend of it has become bigger than the show itself. Yeah. It's still very, like, quotable. Like, you know, even we went to go visit my dad a couple weeks ago, and he had started rewatching it a little bit because we told him we were rewatching it. And we started doing some of the lines back and forth. And there's some good humor in that. Like, it is very quotable. It's It, it has a legendary status. Um, but one thing I noticed was that the episodes that, like, remain in our memory and our cultural canon forever are actually not the funniest moments like I was really into some of the parts of episodes that I didn't remember or hadn't seen or hadn't heard of um one one in particular where uh George I think this is the one where um George is dating or fiance Susan or engaged that's yeah, the yeah, word. They're, they're together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's with Susan and she ends up becoming kind of friends with Elaine and George starts going on this whole thing that he's like, I have to keep my relationship and my friend's life separate. And this is going to be like the death of independent George. It killed independent George. (laughs) Oh man. And that one's probably one of my favorites. And I don't remember it at all from a while ago. And it's never really like talked about as one of like the big episodes. It's not even the name of the episode. The episode's like the pool guy, and that's like Jerry's storyline, and that that storyline's no good. Like George's storyline carries the episode. Yeah, George. I mean, there's lots of examples of like that. um, That Jerry was a bad actor and got to be pretty good by the end. Jerry's never a good actor. (laughs) Like he's alright. He fit it all fits perfectly, but he's he's wooden and stiff throughout them all. There's mm. also I mean, I don't think I saw them. I feel like I watched the same ten episodes over and over again. <laughs> um you know, the, the 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 maybe the top episode that everyone remembers and loves from Seinfeld was the soup Nazi episode. 
I, I had never really seen that or it's so funny because it's, again, it's become legend over the time. So I don't remember like, did I watch it? Did I remember it? Did I like, you know, I remember being in middle school or I would have been in first grade when the soup Nazi episode aired. So I don't know. I just, you know, at some point everyone starts saying no soup for you. <laughs> I remember that one. I, I think I actually had seen that one, but yeah, it wasn't like as funny as the jokes surrounding it, like the life, the cultural, like, uh, yeah, just like people's hype of it. Um, I actually think the funnier episode or more funny episode of that's kind of similar but different is when he they there's like Babu's restaurant and Jerry convinces him to like change the style of it um to Pakistani food yeah and it fails <laughs> and it fails and then like that story that does that Babu got character gets carried out throughout the season and like Jerry is just like trying to help him and then accidentally like does something terrible to the he, he, end he keeps where... on doing accidentally terrible things to him yeah and like he eventually gets deported because of it <laughs> so I actually thought that was much better than like the soup Nazi but it's not as like famous it, it is one of the big ones because he comes back in the final episode with the courtroom which like brings back all the big characters of you know, cult classic, but, um, yeah, like <laughs> that episode's really good. Cause it's also the same episode where George is trying to impress a girl or something with like SAT scores and Elaine like takes the test for him and, you know, antics ensue. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> no, she takes the IQ test for him. Oh, IQ and test. It's not, it is not as high as she had hoped. And so they see I think the genius of Seinfeld is, and I'll, I don't need to finish that thought. It's been out for 30 years. You can go see it or not. Um, the genius of the show is that you talk about it and you're like, oh, what? how do they, how do they get in this situation? Because it's a show you can talk about with your friends. And like, it's just like, it reminds you of how ridiculous the situation is. Because in retelling the show, you're putting yourself in its foot, in, its, in your place. You know, what, did you, what would you do if you had an anti-Semitic dentist? <laughs> um you know what would you do you know like there's just so many situations the 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 episode like it's the particularly i think of this episode the one with the rickshaw where um where kramer and newman have somehow gotten themselves a rickshaw and they want to like open the rickshaw business and they try to convince homeless people to be the rickshaw drivers but they try to steal the the rickshaw and it's this whole thing yep yep <laughs> And it's not a particularly great episode, and I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's the one that boiled to the top just now when I was thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing that really resonated with people when it was airing and still in endless reruns of it um, is that the characters are so well-defined, and even if they're not even that relatable, like, there's certain things about them that you're like, oh, yeah, I can relate to that, or I know someone who's kind of like that. Um, it's just the characters just fit an archetype in such a good way and not like cheesy and over the top. And I don't, I mean, I guess this is Larry David doing this cause it's, that's a pretty hard thing to do. Uh, but yeah, but I think people love that because you can just like imagine they could come up with all these kind of situations and each character would respond to it differently, but you'd kind of already know like 
how that persona would treat that instance. Right. Yeah. You can kind of anticipate that the show never falls a, a um, what do you call it? Like a, a recipe ever. You know what I mean? Like the, the show makes you know what's going to happen because you feel like, you know, the characters almost, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fall. Like I, I particularly think the show, this one, the show that Seinfeld is compared to a lot, probably because it ran alongside of it was uh, friends and friends definitely follows a very a, a very formulaic thing and we're not here to discuss which is better or worse because i mean i, I think i like seinfeld better but like there's it's just like it's just seinfeld from plan nine you know what i mean it's like another it doesn't it's it's unfair to compare the two because they're structurally so different yeah yeah i agree and there's something just so fun about seinfeld and the characters and that they're always doing kind of silly situations because I mean, even we were driving to Vermont for Christmas and kind of like stuck in, you know, driving through a snowstorm. And so you and I were kind of making up our own Seinfeld plots, fake episodes, um, just going off of like how each character would like (laughs) react to certain situations. And it was so easy to just like fake write an episode with each other in the car just because you just feel like you know exactly how each character responds to their version of life their weird version of life right for sure for sure i think that was one thing about the show about the show that like you know the show has a reputation for being about nothing because it even states inside of its show that's a show about nothing um but i think that the show actually like the show reuses a lot of characters for humorous effect. Like there's the two gay guys, like the gay Puerto Rican guy and his boyfriend, and they always come back because they hate Kramer. Oh, yeah. And and like there's, yeah, I don't know. I just I think it's I think there's a lot of really interesting. Like the show really brings back people interesting. The one time I think it really slipped as a show was the episodes where Kramer's in LA. So Kramer eventually. <laughs> The first time Kramer leaves the apartment in the show is he's got a, a, a speaking role in a Woody Allen movie, and um, I forget that I forget the line that he says. I, you know, we can look it up, but uh, basically, he ends up going to Hollywood to pursue his acting dream, and he accidentally gets mistaken as a murderer. And there's like this whole interweaving murderer pro- plot. And it's not really well done in the show, to be honest. It like kind of doesn't work inside the show because it's the sh- it's the first thing the show really tries to be something it's not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because the only thing I remember is the silly line where it's something like these pretzels are making my mouth dry or something. <laughs> oh, that's that's the line. That is the line. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> these pretzels are making my mouth dry. Because <laughs> each of the characters before he goes to LA, I think. They um they each do a line reading of it and they're ridiculous. <laughs> well, and, but they also each like doesn't it like eventually work in for almost all of them that they say the line actually in the show. Oh yeah, like, I think so. Which is another very clever thing that they do. Different versions of that throughout the whole show, where they like bring things back and and they end up calling back to things earlier in that episode in different ways. I really think that a really interesting part of the show um, 
is in that really bad like those bad stream episodes there's still things that like that the show hints on that like are very uniquely speaks to the human condition which is always what jerry seinfeld's comedy is about what larry david likes to comment on is like in those bad episodes george is in uh george and jerry are also in la and jerry's like the maid george is trying to convince the maid to not tuck his bed because once the bed is tucked that he's like goes insane um which is something that you hate but so like there's always so me (laughs) i know yeah when we get to a hotel room and we're in bed and it it's just like you're like wiggling like a dolphin out of water I trying know. to get. Um, it's just it's. I'm gonna interrupt your thought. I'm sorry, but it's just so quotable because yeah. I remember like they're talking with the front desk and like, okay, we'll have one tuck and one untuck. No, actually, we'll have two tucks. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> it is. It is. I think that the show is wise to not do re- reunions, really. You know, I mean, I know they got together in a couple of episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm, but the show is its own time capsule. It really shouldn't, you know, they, you know, not bringing it back together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one, I mean, there's a ton of legacy for this show, but I think one particular comedy series that was very inspired by this was Arrested Development. Because it it has a lot of similar vibes. They have such distinct characters with distinct attitudes and, you know, hijinks and calling back jokes from previous episodes that everyone knows and loves. So I'm, I feel like they're very connected and that's another show we, we love to rewatch. Yeah. At least up until until, like the original series that was on uh, Fox or whatever, like the original series we really were into. Um, yeah, that show is also endlessly quotable. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that that's a really good comparison because it's like the absurdist comedy. Like there's also certain parts about Seinfeld that are so quintessentially New York, you know, like they're just like such New York people. Like, you know I mean? It's, it's, it's not like overly obnoxious, you know, there's not there's parts of it that are like people think of it as there being New York, but the parts that I think of as like quintessentially New York, like the fact that both Kramer and Newman have had the same idea of the scheme for the ten cent cans just feels to me like a classic New Yorker grift. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like it's not just all the stereotypical New York things. It's it feels very real. Like if you've lived in New York or like really close with someone who lived in New York, you understand some of these even really subtle things. Um, I think George's character, especially, is just so like New York attitude. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the show, I mean, the show is timeless for a reason. Um, I enjoyed rewatching it. I mean, we didn't rewatch it with a fine tooth comb, which I think when we do these rewatch episodes, we're not going to watch them as, you know, every beat by beat and take notes on every episode. But I really enjoyed it. And like, I will continue to like, like it. I don't think I'll ever watch the whole thing again necessarily, but I'm, I was into it. I was really into it. Yeah. I was happy to say that I've seen every episode, even if I was like doing work during that, some of that, or even fell asleep during some of it. 
it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. We we I, we probably missed about ten episodes of the whole series of not paying attention, doing work, or falling asleep, mm-hmm. like all combined. I also think your dad's a madman, and your dad should listen to the podcast. And if your dad likes this listener, your dad should listen to the podcast. And if you're a dad, share this with your children. <laughs> Famous uh, last words: a podcast fam- liked by dads <laughs> and children and children and everyone. And mothers. Mothers are invited too. <laughs> Actually, everyone can listen to our podcast, and please do. Yeah, we don't we don't fucking swear too much, right? Right. Yeah. No. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> okay. So now that we've got the mothers and the childrens and the and the and the dads all listening to the podcast, I think that I will watch Seinfeld as it intermittently comes on. The way I pre- my previous relationship will remain the same um, with it, and I think yeah. I really enjoyed it. Do you have like a favorite episode to you? Is is it is it when they're killing Independent George? I think I think so. Maybe not full episode, but um, I will really love his storyline in that one. And I also really like the episode where they're in the Hamptons and Kramer is like. Like oh, the illegal poaching, lobster. Yeah, poaching lobsters. I don't know. That one always sticks out to me, too. Which might also be the shrinkage episode. I'm not sure. No. Yes, that is. A, maybe that's the shrinkage. They go to the Hamptons a couple times. Yeah. I think my favorite part of that episode, though, and another very New Yorker thing, because my New York friends, my friends who are from New York are very much like this. But the episode where, in that episode, George is out there. He's like, you got to get the heirloom tomatoes from the Hamptons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like they're like their whole thing mm-hmm. is, is these heirloom tomatoes. Oh, I have one more, one more part, and one more episode. Um, okay, which might be the same as one that you might say, but uh, <laughs> I don't. It's again with Seinfeld. It's like hard to describe the whole situation, but um, for some reason, Kramer adopts a highway, and then he's gonna make it like luxury extra lanes. So he takes like black paint and tries to paint out the lines while he's driving. And then it creates like all these car crashes and traffic. So he goes back with like paint thinner to try to get rid of the lines that he painted in black paint. And it spills. (laughs) It spills. And then an antique sewing machine, which was part of like an earlier part of the episode, like ends up under a truck. Ends up under Newman, who is using the mail truck to transport uh, fish for this fish market that has also has something to do with the episode. Yes. And it lights the paint thinner on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And Newman is like screaming (laughs) because the truck is on fire. And it's it's just so good. It's like one of those episodes where everything from the very beginning connects to like the pinnacle moment at the end. Yeah, to me that's the that's the quintessential episode. That's the quintessential way that that uh, the show works is when all these really disparate things somehow coalesce at the end. Mm-hmm. A few have... of my favorite, a few of my favorite moments, and then we can we can get out of here. Um, and I'll just rattle them off. Are the Van Buren boys was always a big a big hit, <laughs> and I think that Evan, my brother, who's been on the podcast before use the Van Buren boys in some middle school projects and his teachers thought he was very inventive. <laughs> um, and he just another stole one an of episode my favorite, of Seinfeld. 
Yeah, my, another one of my favorite moments is in the episode where uh, Kramer rescues the Merv Griffin show set, and he does like the show, like he's doing like the show, and he's oh, yeah. acting like he's on camera, and he's you know having guests on. And there's a part, and I don't know why this part sticks out to me, is Kramer is is like talking to Newman, and Newman is like going through what he did in the day. It's really sad, and he goes, "That's it. We've officially bottomed out." <laughs> That's good. According to IMDb, here are the top ten episodes of Seinfeld. Oh, and an interesting thing: Seinfeld, nineteen eighty nine, also re- started the same year as our last movie, "Time Me Up, Time Me Down." Um, also, the year uh, after my birth, and the year before your birth. Yes, um, Seinfeld. <laughs> the, the 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 ten greatest episodes, according to IMDb, is the yada 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 episode. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, the Merv Griffin show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hamptons. Oh, yep. Reference that one. The abstinence one. Do you remember in this episode, like, they all saw George stops having sex, right? It's not the contest episode, oh. which appears. Yes, and he gets smarter, and Elaine gets dumber. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a good one. Another outdated thing in the show is all that sponge, the sponge worthiness. Oh, as yeah. A, the sponge is a contraceptive thing. Yeah. But in the absence episode, uh, it features Bernie, a young Bernie Williams and Derek Jeter. And George hits like a 450-foot home run because he's not thinking about sex all of a sudden. Because his girlfriend has mono. That's right. <laughs> his girlfriend has mono. So he could like focus on... He knows that sex is coming, so he doesn't need to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then his brain is like freed up to do all sorts of things and... He, he, like, reads for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good episode. Um, the Bizarro Jerry. Do you remember this episode? I don't... I don't know. Like, vaguely, right? Because he starts acting, like, mean or something? Oh, George no. Uses... Yeah. Go. <laughs> George uses Susan's death to pick up women. Elaine's new friend is Jerry's exact... Oh, right. Yes. And they go in the apartment, and it's Bizarro... And, like, they have all the friends, but they're all, like, nice and, like, normal people. Yep, yep. She's got her bizarro friends that are just, like, each of them. I remember this now. Maybe, I don't know if that is one of the funniest in my mind. To me, the abstinence episode is much better. Yeah. Okay, number five is the marine biologist. (laughs) Where George pretends to be a marine biologist or something. Right, and that's also the episode where Elaine gives the electric organizer. Um, and Jerry eventually gives it to his father, I think. No, that's when she throws it out the window and hits that guy in the head or something. Oh, yeah. And then eventually at the end of the episode, Kramer's driving like an ambulance or a fire truck or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see why this is on the list, but I don't know if I would fully agree. It wasn't my favorite, but it does do the thing I talked about where all these kind of very disparate things come together. Mm Mm-hmm. The outing. That's too vague. I don't know what that one is. A prank by Elaine leads to to a newspaper girls to think that Jerry and George are gay. I don't. I really don't remember this. Maybe episode. we fell asleep during this one. Maybe, Maybe. We rewatch that. <laughs> oh, it's the high. It's the NYU student who thinks they're gay and writes an article and it like gets picked up. Yeah, it's. I don't really. You know, whatever. 
Anyway, mm. number three, the soup Nazi. We talked about that. Number two is the opposite. What's that one? George decides to turn his life around by doing the exact opposite of what he would usually do. Yes. Do. That's when I thought Bizarro Jerry was, but it's George acting opposite. And then he gets, that's how he gets his job at the Yankees. Right. <laughs> that's oh, a good right, one. Right, right. Right. And he... Another one of my favorite moments, and then we'll really be done, is uh, when George stops, leaves his car at the office and everyone thinks he's coming in early and <laughs> staying late because his car is always there. Eventually, this cover is covered in pigeon shit. I literally think about this every time I leave our car at work overnight or like if I leave it there and go to the airport. <laughs> I think about that episode. <laughs> and then the number one episode of Seinfeld and I, I have to say, this was not one of my favorite episodes, but it, this one is, is iconic, is the contest where they all stop giving up sex and they all have a wager. I don't remember that one. Oh, you remember this one. Like, remember, like, it's like they're going to see who can go the longest without, like, having having sex or having an orgasm. And, like, you know, Kramer's, like, comes in and slaps his money down the table and goes, I'm out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's my favorite. George's mother throws her back out when she falls down, catching George pers- performing a personal act. <laughs> the game, the game partic- partakes in a contest of self-denial. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's not my number one. I barely even remember that episode. Yeah, not my number one either. Um, <clears throat> well, there, there it is. That's Seinfeld. Uh, we don't own it, so I guess that says what we feel about it. Yeah. We'll watch it on Netflix. I actually or don't know if we'll watch it. Might it come on. Yeah, we'll watch it all again because it's not Frasier where I'm surprised we don't own it because we've rewatched it over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I love Frasier. Me too. Uh, to me, it's, it's the Cadillac of all those 90s sitcoms. It's the best one. It's so good. Though there is an episode of... of Steinfeld where he buys his dad a Cadillac and the whole thing is a, is a convoluted plot. The whole thing is a convoluted plot to be able to make fun of Nixon. Oliver oh, Stone's right. Nixon. Yep. Larry David must really not like Oliver Stone because they make fun of JFK and they make fun of Nixon. Yep. Well, we should um, probably wrap this up because the dog's going to start barking because you may have already heard him bark once. Oh, okay. Well, we can save our mail sack for next time or... Or what do you want to do? Oh, we can, we can mail sack. Bubble, can we mail sack? He's looking at me in approval. Go for it. Okay. Heine Shrubel says, <laughs> and he sent this in on a postcard, a lovely postcard of Detroit. Oh, he must be a local listener. Aww. Heine Shrubel asks, I want to get into filmmaking, but I don't know where to start. What kind of camera should I buy and why? I think because we went so long on Seinfeld, we need to do this quickly. Teresa, what do you think? Um, I mean, it depends on your budget, but we are very happy with our Blackmagic pocket cameras, which are pretty affordable and very small. They come with a variety of different mounts, depending on your lenses, if you have like Canon lenses or not. Um... But I'm not going to steal your thunder because I think I know what you're going to say. So what are you at yours? Oh, I, I would say the, the pocket 4Ks or 6Ks are really good 
and getting i think that the the temptation to go with a gopro is a very real temptation but i will say that the, the gopro is not a good place to start because filmmaking i feel like to really get a sense of making movies you want to be able to use uh a shallow depth of field and really feel the lens in your hands and a gopro just is it you, you don't get it it's just a, it's too wide you know yeah it's good for like travel things like if you're having a vlog or something and you don't need as much versatility you just want something easy that you can take with you on the go no 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 hassle gopros are great right so i mean i would say the, the six the pockets are really good i've always really loved and i still continue to love it but it's a bigger form factor is our c100 mark ii they're pretty cheap now i think those are wonderful cameras what camera did you think i was going to say that's the one i thought you were going to say because we love that yeah. that was our first real camera outside of a dslr um and it was pretty affordable that version is probably even more affordable because it's only 1080p and then the step up ones are cost prohibitive but they're beautiful and we secretly want all of the canon cinema cameras <laughs> yeah if anyone at canon is listening they want to donate us a c300 we will gladly make our next film with it yes c300 mark ii please yes please thank you Thank you. No, I think that uh, you need to feel the lens in your hands. I think that's the most important thing. And the the big downside to the Blackmagic cameras is they require a little bit of building out. So mm. you get the camera, it's not going to work, you need to buy a lens. And then the lens is going to be, you know, some portion of money. I think the Tamron 28 to 70 is a really great lens because it's a little, it allows you to have a wide and a telephoto all in one. It's a fixed aperture, so it makes it really useful. And it's a camera that we've recommended to a number of people, uh, including Cody Wansdell, our sound person, and he uses it and loves it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we love prime lenses, which is one, like, focal length at a time, and you switch them out. But, like, if you only have so much money, that's an excellent option because... The fixed aperture makes it much better than like kit lenses that are usually zoom zoom lenses. Um, so yeah, prime is what we usually do, but that's and prime a great is like option. a fixed distance, right? So mm -hmm. when I say it's twenty eight to seventy, that's the millimeter. That's the, the the lens length. So prime are like it's just fourteen, it's just eighteen, it's just eighty five, it's just one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you are exploring the prime lens world for the first time what we did was we bought something very wide which i think was like a 14 which could even be a little too wide if you wanted to do like a 24 24 i think that's yeah i think the 24 yeah. is and then the 24 or 35 are the two lenses i recommend to people but it's not what we did no we did like a 14 which was great for like landscapes and we were filming a lot of like big broad outdoor things and then we had a 50 which i think a 35 or a 50 are comparable they both feel very natural to like how you see things in the world i particularly love the 35 now um but yeah i mean something like wide and then something natural like a 35 and a 50 is what we started out with and it was great yeah i think that for a lot of people, if they don't know very much about filmmaking, if they got an 85, they'd feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. Which um, we eventually did buy like an 85 and like 
there it's for very specific things because it's very close up and soft if you want a soft image you can go really soft on those right it's a very distinctive look so i mean i think again this would be something we'd have to talk about a lot more uh depth in a later episode maybe but that's kind of like i think our recommendation is the black magic cameras are a good bang for your buck the battery life on those sucks is the one thing to know yeah we use um what are they called juice box battery adapter things yeah a lot of people use v V mount batteries which you then have to get rails on so Mm -hmm. that's the one downside the battery life sucks but i would say get your hands on an old c100 or even like a 5d mark three or four or even mark two and you can use those for, for filmmaking pretty easily and they're pretty and they'd be very cheap at this point mm-hmm. yep all right well, uh, all right well close it out it's been great to chat with you about seinfeld Teresa. yes seinfeld a little unheard of show <laughs> yep it just dropped on netflix a little while ago all right well have fun in cincinnati I will. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.